come and get a slice of the action, people. Welcome to Nevermind the Keywords. Myself and Manchester's favourite son, Dylan, here, will be chatting to the Rate My Takeaway King himself, Joe McGrath, from the Mank. Dylan, it's another episode of Nevermind the Keywords. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I think you've maybe oversold me there in the intro. Oh, I don't uh, know. I don't yeah, know. I'll, I'll take it anyway. Yeah, you, it. I would. I yeah. would take it. Um, as well as talking takeaways, uh, Dylan and I will be catching up on some of the latest news in the wonderful, wonderful world of marketing. Stick around for all this and more. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back. You join us at the news section of the pod, uh, the now fabled news section, where uh, myself and Dylan will just be chatting through a couple of news articles that we found uh, in the last week that we think you guys should know about. Dylan, uh, what has come across your desk? Yeah, so I saw an article. Uh, we've we've actually spoke about it internally yeah. uh, at Embryo. We've used it on our Friday Five, which is our latest news thing. Our latest goes news out thing. On every yes, Friday, we five will. pieces of news that we think you should be keeping up with. Perfect lunchtime reading, I think. Yeah, not but to not to plug our own, not to plug our own stuff, but we will but leave a link to it. But we will leave a link uh, to it in the bio. Yeah, so one of the ones that stood out to me on the Friday Five was um, a piece that was about essentially zoom fatigue mm. um it, it's maybe zoom it's maybe pretty much every kind of yeah. video platform that you yeah. talk to people on uh, basically people are bored of them um i know i'm a little bit bored of them um we've had to use them so often haven't mm. we over the past couple of years yeah um it's going to be a fixture of how we work forever now yeah i think it will i think wait, the the article touches on a study that was yes. created wasn't it it was sort of was it 600 yeah. people it, no, I think it's more than that. Um, the study uh, used 1,400 oh, engineers. Oh, not, not 600. And paired them, basically, right. Zoom calls and got them to essentially brainstorm yeah. together. And what they found was um, they came up with far less ideas than they did in the face-to-face meetings yeah. with the same people. Um, it, it's just interesting because I, I know we're all very aware of that fact. Yeah. Um, when we're in the office and we sit and talk in a room together, yeah. we will come up with more ideas. It, yeah. We just no, do, don't Yeah, we? I think, um, I'm sure everyone listening and watching will agree, like, you can't replicate, you know, brainstorming in this instance just happens to be the thing that they're testing. But I imagine if you tested it on a million other things, you would get that the in-person thing would come out. Because I don't think, you can't pick up on people's social well, you cues. You read people better, don't you? You see their body language a bit better. You see yeah. little flicks in the face. And everyone's what. Everyone's watching themselves on Zoom. Yeah. You'd be lying. I do it. My little face in that corner. Yeah, I'm watching watching me more than I'm like engaging probably with with what I should be. And I think... It's it's maybe just being conscious of what you look like. Yeah. Like it's very rare that when you're having a conversation, you can see yourself all all of it. Yeah. And I wonder if... I'm not sure. It doesn't say when this study was taken. I presume it's in the last couple of years. Yeah, it's post-COVID. Whether Whether the fatigue thing has come about because we're now getting back to regular meetings doing podcasts yeah, etc then you go back to it and you're like oh god yeah there's a reason the novelty of this quickly yeah. wore off and you're having to tell people that they're still it, on mute and that's the sort of same stuff. now now that we're back used to having those in-person meetings yeah you sit down with the people that you need to talk to yeah, yeah. and it's just so productive when you yeah. do so and quicker it's so hard to go back to sitting there on a screen yeah oh you're muted oh you've, yeah. your camera's not on <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> sorry i'm on a lag blah, yeah. blah, blah. oh yeah. they've dropped out oh yeah. they're, they're back again yeah it's you don't want to have to do that kind of thing you don't have to do that in person no, no one's muted in real no one's muted um, i'd argue unfortunately <laughs> um but yeah i think it's just the fatigue of inefficiency isn't it i think that's what people yeah. get ticked Absolutely. off about um mine is 
quite related to this, uh, quite related to what we're doing here. It's about podcasts and it's Facebook and Meta and Mark and all the gang are removing their kind of podcast features less than a year after sort of launching. And I was quite surprised when I came across this. This was, again, featured on the Friday Five. Subscribe now. Um, And it's barely a year since they've launched their podcast support functionalities um, that allow, that essentially allowed creators to like, put all their podcasts never mind the keywords for instance on facebook's platform without uh users having to leave facebook yeah. so they could listen to the podcast while they're on the app um it's not like facebook to make you want to do everything within their no own. no no it's no not like that. no and i think the idea behind it was to bring all the benefits of audio content um podcasts to you and me to the billions of people on the meta platform but meta announced that they are uh get ready brace yourselves for the most corporate uh, statement ever written uh, are constantly evaluating the features we offer so we can focus on the most meaningful experiences which is of course corporate speak for things didn't really go as well as we thought yeah. soz we're going to pull the plug we thought we'd earn more money and yeah so yeah now we won't be spending more money on that thing. yeah and it's weird yeah. I, I i'm trying to put my finger on why because i read i found this article the other week and i'm still trying to figure out why they pulled the plug is it because people don't spend people aren't spending the length of a podcast on facebook uh, which feels like a really daft like that's something they should have known about I th- you'd think though if if they could get their podcast on facebook they then would spend the length of a podcast on facebook i think it's probably more people have their devices hooked up to certain streaming platforms yeah. where they listen to their podcasts they have a set way of listening to their podcasts do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I know I listen to mine on Spotify. If I want to listen to a podcast, I'm not going on Facebook to do so. No. I, I'll just open up Spotify and I'll load up uh, my favourite podcast, never mind the keywords. Yeah. And Nice. Well trained. <laughs> and yeah, just, I go from there. Like, yeah. I, I make almost an event out of it. Like, I, I sit and put my podcast on. Yeah. I don't want to be sat distracted from my podcast. Yeah, no, I don't get, to. yeah, it'd be like Instagram putting their podcast feature on or, you know, obviously the same yeah. company, but like, yeah. You're I instantly splitting your attention as well. Yeah. Like you're scrolling Facebook yeah. and listening to the podcast. Yeah. You, you're already not giving one of them. Full yeah. And I think people's sort of ecosystems, their tech ecosystems are already pretty established, aren't they? Like I've got Apple yeah. podcasts, you've got Spotify podcasts. Um, you know, I think people have where they go already fairly yeah. fixed and yeah, it's a weird one. It's one of them things where it's, it's a couple of things. It's like, even even the even the behemoth that is Facebook is still prone to mistakes and errors, and yeah, it's they another. They don't do everything right. No, and it's an, they they definitely don't. Yeah. Um, and then then it's another example. It's a, probably a, a telling warning for people that are looking to like get into it is to not throw all your eggs in one basket and be everywhere and have infl- and have platform have presence on pretty much every platform going because you know this is fairly small fry. I think I can't imagine that there's podcast creators out there distraught because they no. didn't they didn't their podcast that they only put on facebook isn't yeah, working I'd, I'd, I'd be stunned and i mean there's, yeah. a, there's a very simple reason to work out why your facebook only podcast isn't working yeah it's because it's, <laughs> it's on a facebook, facebook. Only <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably that probably that so yeah no it's just thought it was a, a fairly handy uh, a tale for those who are doubting sort of a multi-channel strategy yeah. in, in whatever they're doing whether it's podcasts whether it's whether it's social media stuff, whether it's who knows. Um, I think people are well aware now, though, um, yeah. of where their podcasts need to be. Yeah. Um, that, that you've got your standard yeah. places to find your podcast, and Facebook just isn't one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it isn't. It isn't. Um, anyway, that was the news. When we come back, we will be chatting to Joe McGraw.
Welcome back to Nevermind the Keywords. Uh, we are delighted to be joined in studio uh, by actor, producer, podcaster, there's, nudist. There's, there's nudist. There's nothing he doesn't do. Uh, yeah. Joe McGrath. Hello. Joe, good welcome, to, welcome good to, to be part. here. Thank you very much for the invite. I was thinking to myself, I don't think I've ever been interviewed before like this. You, is, it, is the shoe always on the other foot? I'm not always the interviewer. Yeah. Do you know you're, what I mean? You're always sticking the mic at people. Really. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't want it there. Do you know some what I mean? But yeah. I still do it. Yeah. Well, obviously, if, you know, if they're high profile, then I'm trying to get like Absolutely. an interview. Nothing yeah. weird like. No, Starting nothing. off weird this, didn't it? Did it? <laughs> I should have said that. Well, we're delighted to have you on with the shoe on the other foot. Um, let's start a bit about yourself, your background, what got you to where you are now, what do you do, what have you done, all that stuff. All that, And then yeah. we'll dive into it. Yeah, specifics. lovely. Um, so I'm from Stockport um, originally, and then I grew up in uh, Fallowfield though with my mum. She, uh, she was a teacher at a school called St. Kent's. Went through all that, went through college, loved college, and then moving into uni, I was trying to think of what I really wanted to do, and uh, radio had already been a strong part of my, my life. I loved it. So much, just, I remember just tuning to stations late at night when I was little and just, I think because basically the drive that we had from Stockport to Fallowfield was quite long. You spent, I spent a lot of time in cars just listening to radio. Yeah. So I gauged that was the sort of medium I wanted to get into. Yeah. And that's what I did when I was 18. I um, went to Salford Uni, which was great, but I got quite lucky. I, was, I worked in a cafe and I was just serving people and one day I, this woman came up to me she was like she's called Joe. she wanted a daughter to see if she could get any shifts in this cafe and I said yeah of course so I went in chatted to the owners and they sort of like they like me the owners they still do um, and I got her daughter a job and she was like oh she came back the week after she said oh she's buzzing um, you know anything you want to do like what do you want to do and she sort of asked me about myself I was only 18 yeah. and it turns out she was in the, the sort of PR world and next thing you know, she's got me some work experience That's at uh, Key 103, it's which cool. was the old station. It? Yeah, it was nice. But then obviously when you have the week's work experience, you've got to, you've got to give it your all. Yeah, and yeah. I think that week's work experience turned turn into like two years yeah, well. of work experience. Well, obviously I started getting yeah, paid. Yeah, yeah, but once I got my foot in that door, I was never letting it go. So from then on, just progressed. Did some stuff with the BBC Radio Manchester. We were wonderful people there. A woman called Sarah Collins has been... Um, great to me and she's still she's down in london now which is amazing uh yeah radio was the, the start of it all for me yeah so sort of grafting early doors when you got into radio then what was kind of your first role in radio right was it producing or was it just you gotta make bruise you gotta make bruise make bruise is the key that's what i always say i i, I see work experience people now and they don't make bruise it's it's crazy. When I was getting work experience, I remember people telling to me, just whatever you do, even if you're bored, just go make sure everyone's got a drink by yeah. them. Yeah. Like I was making brews every 20 minutes for anyone who wants it. And then you get you get liked and, and people are like, well, that's the kid who makes brews. And then they start putting your name to you. That's yeah. Joe. Oh, Joe. And then they start asking you out when you're making them the 10th brew of the day. What do you want to do, Joe? And I go, well, I kind of fancy a bit of producing and presenting or whatever. And they go, well, come, come in on the Saturday and, and show, like I'll show you how it's yeah. done. I'm sorry, but if you're not making brews, you're not getting asked in on the extra days. You're not, that guy makes me nothing. I know it's tight, but you've just got to commit yourself to, no, to helping people yeah. out. I like, I like the simplicity of that as well. Yeah. Even in like a, the busy world we live in now, it's like, yeah. just make a good just cup of tea. So what makes a perfect cup of tea then? How are you making a brew? So uh, I often just leave them there for a while, get the bag in. Yeah. Get it, get it brewing for a while, two minutes, three minutes, and then you sort of got to remember how people like it. Yeah. Milky, strong, one sugar. Some yeah. people obviously have the coffee, which is the instant stuff. 
and then you got to bring it all over and you could be making them for six, seven people. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was doing it, I was doing it for Key 103, then I was at BBC Radio Manchester and then Clint Boone from XFM also worked with this woman and they were looking for a new, what was called a Clinton at the time. <laughs> it was great, I loved it. And I went in there, I always remember how Clint makes his brew differently to everyone else. He told me on the first day, instant coffee, milk in first, <laughs> then give it a stir. It a Get the instant coffee beans just disappeared instead of milk. That's exactly how our MD Ross has yeah? his, yeah, yeah, it's very specific, but yeah, no, it's exactly the same. Then hot water, yeah. and then you're done. Yeah. And yeah, I mastered that, and Clint kept me around for, he still <laughs> keeps me around now. Don't know how long that's been. But yeah, that was when I was like 17, 18. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of hard work. So I'd literally get up in the morning, uh, get into Manchester at like 6am. The Key One Free Breakfast Show was with uh, Mike Tool and Chelsea Norris. Mm. They were like iconic mm. around Manchester. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd graph with them. Then I'd go to XFM. And then I'd go to BBC Radio Manchester. I'd yeah. just smash it out until I finished uni. And then i start getting proper jobs. Yeah. yeah, so your first proper job, if I'm right, was XS Manchester. Yeah, yeah. That was, so that's that your was first, wonderful. So that's your first job. So you've done all that. You've become... Brew King. Yeah, Brew King. I imagine you start Brew Boy, Brew King, Brew King. <laughs> the Brew Prince. I had to battle someone to get the King. The yeah, King, yeah. Well, we had a battle. <laughs> That's another episode. Um, and then you say so you started Excess Manchester. Do you want to just just let us know what Excess Manchester is? It's not your typical nine to five. So no, it's the, definitely what not. The, what the hell was that like? I got brought in on a role to sort of look after their socials and make videos for their presenters. And Excess Manchester is like an indie rock and roll station. It was in a form when we took, when I first got that role of changing from a rock and roll station to an indie rock and roll station. Right. Yeah. So they were just moving away from maybe Azizi tops and bringing more Cortinas, Kasabian yeah. into, into the music. And part of my role was to sort of help that progression yeah make fun videos with clint boone who just recently joined as well um and the breakfast show presenters and the evening presenters and then work my way into sort of making sure the content on their socials twitter facebook and and instagram grew a lot and that was how i did it started making social media videos and then and then when you go, you step in the door and you know, you foot in the door and you know the the, the bosses and yeah. and the it was quite a small team compared to the BBC. You can sort of ask for favours here and there. And I remember one of them was, uh, they had a football show, Six Till Seven, which I remember saying to the guy, well, whenever this guy is off gym, can I step in and, yeah. and do it? Yeah. I promise you I can do it. I can do it well. And I remember my boss giving me the shot. He was called Andy. Um, he said, yeah, do it. And from then on, I think that was the first step into progressing into what I do now and having the confidence to do what I do now in front of the camera, in front of microphones like this, because he said, yeah, go on then. And yeah. it was a simple show, an hour long, talking about United and City. Yeah. So is that your first time like, on the mic then, really? Yeah, that first time show? on the mic, yeah, was, was doing but that weirdly show. Enough, uh, well, not weirdly enough, but one of the first times ever on the microphone, which I've not really spoke about, but it's, it's coming up to a big anniversary of it, is... Um, the Manchester Arena attack, yeah. which happened in 2017, mm-hmm. the night of it, um, everyone, all the main presenters were, were in bed or asleep or they couldn't get to their phones. Mm-hmm. When I say the main presenters, there's only three or four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the only one still awake because you know, I was only 22. Of course, I was a bit like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. So I saw it all unfolding and my boss woke me up and said, listen, no one else is picking up the phone. You, we, we'll go down together, we'll do this together. And that was the first ever time of the microphone was me and him sort of chatting people through the news and letting them know what was happening. And we did that together from like midnight till 5 a.m. Uh, and I remember the adrenaline was pumping, the news was breaking slowly. 
it was a it was a crazy time to be on air and it wasn't it was kind of like a the, the baptism that I sort of needed because you yeah. needed to be correct with what you say you needed to be clear and you needed to make sure that you presented it properly so I remember taking away that experience and it never leaves me and I think that that five hours of being on air that time and and people were messaging in and more and more people woke to the news which was weird because People went to bed, you know, if you got mm. a job, you start at like four o'clock, you go to bed by nine, eight. So when they woke up, we were the first people telling them that, you know, this tragic yeah. thing had happened. And that sort of experience has never left me. And I remember, you know, we can have a laugh, we can have a joke, and I do that quite a lot in my career. But often there's times to be more serious, and that was the sort of, that was the first time of like being in front of a microphone and... Yeah. You couldn't yeah. write you couldn't write that, what you've just told us. No, there. no. How much of how much of when you're doing it, how much were you acting on instincts? How much of it was obviously very little was of it was planned, I imagine. Yeah, so little it was planned and we were in constant communication with our news team who was down in London and in Manchester. Uh, LBC brought up a um because it kind of all mm. linked in one. They brought up a squad to Manchester, and my uh, the guy was looking over me. Andy was from New Zealand, so he 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 just said, "You do it. You used to do most of the talking yeah. because it sounds natural." Mm. A young man lad doing it. So we were relying on fifteen minute updates, and we were constantly going to the news every twenty minutes. In those early stages, no one really knew what was happening, so everything was breaking missing people there was rumors of how many people tragically lost their lives there was rumors of where the the hospitals were being overflown and stuff mm. like that so it was on the nail sort of stuff but it was um yeah it wasn't it was intense but it was one of those moments where you we needed to do it everyone needs to pull their part mm. and i remember when Matt White, who's a, who's a legend, was the producer of The Breakfast Show the next day. He came in and he was like, this is the biggest day of Exodus Mansion's history now this day. And he was like, because this is going to be, you know, everyone needs to be told the news in the correct way. The, the music's going to have to keep coming, but it's going to have to be music that's just well, yeah, the gentler yeah. stuff that yeah. isn't just the normal stuff we play, in case there's any inconsiderate lyrics. Um, so that day really was a sort of, I think it levelled everyone up. It really leveled me up to from a, a young lad who was just making content, being a bit of a arse day to day, to like level me up into mm. a and to realizing that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Was it the responsibility of it? Do you think? Yeah, definitely the responsibility of it, and and knowing that you were going to be the first voice in people's mm. ears, um, that sense of meaning. You know, you had a purpose. God, that's incredible. Yeah, it's probably yeah. one of the first times you think of it as a serious job like this oh yeah side, yeah like, yeah and it was kind of like at it from the outside it's like a it's quite a fun job and yeah. you talk on the radio listen to all the tunes and that but sometimes you do have to sometimes you got to do really it yeah difficult bits don't you yeah but that, so that adrenaline and that um you know yeah it was one of those it, it leveled me up and i think it sort of matured me to be where i am today yeah that's mad. I think anything else we talk about is now going to seem really... really no, good. no, I just wanted to bring <laughs> no, it up it's really because... Good. It's really, really interesting. I don't think I've actually spoke about it to anyone. Um, well, not to anyone, but it's coming up to five years now. We're doing a lot of it for BBC Radio Manchester working on now. And I was part of uh, a charity football game a couple of weeks ago mm. in yeah. the build-up to uh, the five years run by a fireman called Aaron, um, Aaron Lee, who's there on the day. So I've always had a really close connection to it, but I don't think people knew that that was the sort of moment where I stepped in and, you know. Yeah, it was quite timely as well, because as, as we're recording this, 
the memorial was officially opened yeah. Yeah, yesterday McKay, before yes, we recorded yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah that's quite I can't believe it's been five years yeah that's why I wanted to yeah that's why when you mentioned it then I just well because we're doing it in a couple of weeks time it was yeah, all about that yeah. absolutely uh, that's incredible um, let's move to your time with Stephen Tries now it's quite the pivot but Hello, yeah different uh, different, different pivot, stuff yeah. um, how did all that come about because I don't think many people actually know the, that whole environment and scene yeah but it's phenomenally popular oh man and i, and I find that weird because like i didn't really know who he was until a couple of years ago yeah. or that ho- again that whole environment yeah but it is insanely popular yeah could you just talk a little bit about that about your involvement in it what made because obviously you you we can you can credit yourself to, for a lot of that success what 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 did you do that made it so successful with uh, you and the team? Yeah, I think what the thing with Stephen is he's just a league above everyone else when it comes to how funny he is. Yeah. So his natural progression was to just understand that he is funny and then just make content that's just funny. Yeah. And people warm to him and people love him because if you click on anything he does, you will get a laugh a second or laugh, mm. do you know. And and people sort of need that. The sort of target audience, I guess, is like the the sort of late teenagers, the the young adults, and you know it can be tricky, can't it? Life can be tricky when you find your feet. Yeah. But having like a creator that you can go to and spend some time with, and that will make you laugh constantly, yeah. well, is something that he uh, he does so so bloody well. But I uh, we sort of all were in the same year at uni, although our paths didn't cross much. I was very good friends with Tom Cooney, who's part of the podcast team. And we love football. All of us yeah. love football. I'm not that good, but we'll still play. And I remember one day getting invited because they needed another man to the, to their little game. And we just kept playing with them. Uh, uh, I was doing radio at the time and was in the the studios that we had. And those studios were were amazing, but often just being, you know, left alone for like yeah. de- like hours and hours and hours. And I remember saying to, to Steve, you know, we should come in, we should make something. Because he'd already made the podcast four episodes by himself a, a couple of months before that. Yeah. I said, "Listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm not an amazing producer, <laughs> but what I can offer you is consistency. Yeah. We'll yeah. get the job done if you can be as funny as you are in real life, and then you, you, you know, you've got it nailed on." So I remember we did it for about eight weeks in the studio. It was great fun. These guys are amazing, and I think. Stephen made stuff that was quite like short forms, like eight to 20 minutes. Yeah. So when the podcast comes out and it's an hour and 10, then people will just buzz off it because they're yeah, like, yeah. it's amazing. I get to listen to these guys for an hour and 10 yeah. minutes. It's quite a, quite a nice accident really to have yeah. done all that short form stuff and then for it to have like then released something that's like an yeah, hour and 20 minutes. Is, you, yeah. You've created the appetite. I mean, it's the podcast that sort of sells itself by the Yeah. Episode. And although the short form stuff gets more views, yeah. I think you bring more of a hardcore audience yeah. and yeah, the long form stuff. People who are willing to stick around for the hour, obviously. More oh, mate. And that. they love it and they can, yeah. you do anything. Whereas you get the casual fans that'll dip into his sketches that he does, yeah. but they'll get the, the same 15, 25,000 people who listen and watch every week will come back and come back. And those, those numbers go up yeah. because some people maybe like the subject matter we're talking about that day. Um, yeah, and the, and the big specials that we like to do. Um, he's just got a group of friends around them who are also very funny. Yeah. Because they all did a course at college in Salford, like a comedy course. Yeah. yeah. So they've got naturally funny mates. Max is one of them. Max Smith, who's a legend. Uh, Tom Cooney I mentioned then. Uh, Ryan, Cameron Green, uh, David Reese. All these guys are like characters in Stephen's yeah, in, yeah. in, in Stephen's videos. 
So he naturally just switches them in and out, yeah. and you can come in with different stories. And yeah, and we we did it during the pandemic. We brought it back into into studio uh, stuff when we uh, after the pandemic, yeah. when when studios were just allowed to be open. And it's, it's yeah, people love it. People, it's their week. It's the it's their their Wednesday morning or their Wednesday afternoon when it's up. It's they have it in their lives. Yeah, and they love it. And its success has grown from people obviously love, loving Steve, but also loving the little gang that gets together every Wednesday yeah. and just chat. Rubbish. Uh, oh, it is some of it. It's crazy. Good rubbish it's good though. Yeah, um, yeah. What, you, that's because it's quite. So it's quite a fun thing, but it's also. I imagine it's got, you've got to kind of be. There's got to be a level of seriousness to it. Mm. Is that kind of your role in it is to be the guy that makes sure it like gets gets out there otherwise otherwise the sort of the banter of it all has to there has to come with it some kind of structure there's got to be someone setting these deadlines getting it produced (laughs) yeah Yeah. definitely at the start that's how it was making sure the the consistency was there over time yeah so we have to obviously make sure one the student we we knew a time we were recording it Two, that the people and the cast or the cast, the, the guys who are going to contribute were going to be there. And three, there was the, the actual recording itself, making sure people, the mics are right. Um, this is when we were in the studios, the mics are correct, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then four was the editing process as well, making sure, because we talk, could, could talk for about two hours, yeah. but you kind of yeah. want to get it nice and down to an hour and ten. And then there's some stuff that gets said that you can't, you, we can't put that in. <laughs> for uh, legal reasons. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we got to chop it down. But then uh, the busier that I got uh, and Steve uh, and Max were just on top of it then, when we turned in, it into the post-pandemic sort of podcast in a new studio, then they were just like, it's like riding a bike, they were away. Yeah. So now, um, because I've got like lots on, and also because they can do it just fine without me, yeah. <laughs> they, did, they just crack on. So now I'm a, I turned into a, pod, a producer to a contributor. So now I'm yeah. part of the oh, cast no. that sits in and tells my funny stories of the week. Oh, uh, and I can let my hair down a bit because I know that I've not got to edit this three-hour beast <laughs> of a podcast. Yeah, someone else has got the deal. Yeah, because someone probably, I'm looking at the time going, crikey, this is a long one. And then, yeah, they make it to an hour and ten. But yeah, yeah at nice. the start, we just got the consistency. I don't think we've lost. We always take January off, uh, but we've never missed a, a week. Yeah. Bloody hell. Crazy, yeah. It's intense. Uh, it's good stuff. That's yeah, absolutely. So as well as producing and being in front of the mic... Uh, wings, yeah, also. chicken yeah. wings. This is the one. I want to this is the one. I like. I like that. I said wings then, and yeah. maybe had to clarify. <laughs> chicken wings. Yeah. Uh, you have a <laughs> fairly successful YouTube series Wing and it. content creation yeah. platform called Wing, Wing It. it. The Can one. you tell the lovely <laughs> listeners about Wing It? About why chicken wings? And then I'm going to ask you what your favourite chicken wing in Manchester is. Do you know what? For some reason, I got into the niche of like, chicken wings were always my thing when I was like growing up. Do you know what? <laughs> I don't even know why, but chicken wings were mint and I just still think they're great. There's so much you can do to a chicken wing. It's just diverse. And I remember getting in touch with a guy uh, called Richard Thacker. What a, what a guy. He's in London and he owns Wing Festival. Right, and it's the yes, biggest uh, yeah, wing festival in the world. I think it's one of the biggest food festivals in the world. Yeah, we because we went t- last year. Oh, well, it, last year they did it. it it's, it's great it's fun. So I messaged him in like 2018, 19, started Wing It, and I just think they're just funny and you can just go... But you've seen like the success of other people who've carried it on more than me because I'm a bit... It's one of the projects that I do every now and again. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, because of other of, of commitments, but you can see people who really commit to the stuff 
They commit to wings. They just have a massive career and a massive fan base. Just I, I should have really committed. This community to it. of hardcore, yeah, wings, wing nuts. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I think Richard's sold up was a forty-five thousand tickets this year <sighs> in Birmingham, London, and Manchester. Oh, there's it's three. Like, so there's three. Different. Oh, there's three. There's London. They take over the uh, the London Stadium, which is where West Ham play. So they take over the big car park lots there. Oh my god! They're doing the Trafford Centre this year. It's a lot of chicken wings. It's a lot of chicken wings. <laughs> we don't think about that too much. No. We, they take over over uh, Birmingham um, Birmingham this year Derby and Bristol as well forgot about Bristol bloody hell so I work with them my wing loving uh, my wing lo- <laughs> wing loving <laughs> mates my wing loving mates and they, they they invite me down so I work with them at every festival right, yeah. doing four festivals this year um, and it's a good laugh it sounds fun well, you've got there's an element of seriousness to it but there's booze flowing what's the serious part yeah I was going to ask the, you then well, what's the serious part fest, of the wing festival so I am hosting the stage this year where there's going to be live cooks doing barbecues oh well, so, so you're like the Ainsley oh, Harriet right, of yeah. wing festival last year I was a judge right but I said I can't judge anymore because I had to have two wings from every vendor and there was 14 <laughs> vendors I had 28 chicken wings in three hours. And it doesn't sound... Well, you make your own mind up what these were. But these chicken wings, right? Everyone... Because we were judging, everyone made them the best. Yeah, of course. The richest, yeah. the sauciest, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. The best two wings. The like, best two wings yeah. you've ever seen in your life. So by the end of it, you're like, crikey. And i tell you what, it was a night of the Cortinas played... Um, oh, you don't like the Cortinas. The Cortinas played Old Trafford Cricket Ground. And I went there after with 28 wings in my stomach. <laughs> I can't do this. No. Let's <laughs> get a taxi on my left. So what makes the perfect chicken wing then? Right, it's a great question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> um, I think the flat is the best for me. So you get the flat or the, what they call the drum. Do you know right. what I mean? So the flat is the two. The flat was the two. Yeah. And I believe okay. that's the flat. You get the you get the most consistent meat because it's obviously, uh, this when you get a drum, God knows what's happening there. But when you get a flat, you've obviously got the yeah. same meat throughout. For those, yeah, for those listening and those not watching. Listening, I've got some great hand uh, animations. Joe is just describing a chicken wing, uh, the anatomy of one there. <laughs> the but anatomy. Carry on. And uh, that is my favourite. And then it's got to be either... See, the thing is, you've got me on something now. Because you can either have them grilled, which I love, like over on the, yeah, the yeah. Hot cold grill. We have set them off here now. Which a lot of places do. It's just great. You can either have them baked, which people who have a really good sauce like to do because then the sauce really gets into yeah. it. You can obviously fry them either without um, batter, which is how the Americans have them. So the Americans yeah, just yeah. do them mm. as they come as they and come. then put the sauce on after. Yeah. Or what is more more famous around here is coating them in a flour mm. or some potato starch or, you know, some people use this weird combination of custard powder. Custard you, yeah, powder. custard powder, egg, uh, and I think it's potato starch, and it really adds something to the to the cooking of the wing. Listen, you, I can do it. This is my this life. Is, this, yeah, and that is a nice rich podcast we've done. Mm. But I like it when there's a lot. I like it when there's a. I like a subtle wing, but I like it when there's a lot going on. So I like it when there's one main sauce, but then a drizzle. There we go. Interesting. Then there's a nice garnish to it. Um, some of my favourite garnishes at the minute are like crushed up nuts. So like I've had a quite dry a lot roasted of or dry roasted or salted. Dry roasted th- like, oh, a gosh, yeah. like a KP. Yeah, like a KP. No, I think cashew. Cashew, yeah, 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 yeah. elite level. Crunch of the elite cashew. Level. Really nice, like Korean um, f- um, wing with like crushed cashew nuts yeah. on spring onions. Back, you're away, mate. Right, before we start salivating, <laughs> I'm going to move him on. Well, no, I need wing. to ask. Oh, no, I actually need to ask you. Where's the best? 
wing in Manchester. Right, so there's as of two recording. As of recording, there's two. There is Bunny Jackson's. They do their um, their new garlic and honey one. Okay, is unbelievable. Okay, and it's thirty p a wing. And then Folk You, which are a Vietnamese place. Oh yeah, 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 another one. They do a garlic butter wing, which you can't kiss anyone afterwards for a while because you stink. Yeah, but. My God, is he good? Phenomenal. We'll leave it that. Phenomenal. We'll leave those restaurants in the show notes. Do yeah. instead of asking Beautiful. him what his favourite books it, books yeah. are, like we have done. Well, the Desert Island Wings. Yeah, Desert Island Wings. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that later. Yeah. Uh, so moving on from wings, we're probably staying with food. Getting on to what you do now. Yeah. For, for work. Uh, obviously, <laughs> for work. <laughs> obviously, you're doing a lot of stuff with the Mank now. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that is food reviews. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what so, you do on the Mank? So the Mank was great. We started off working with the Mank just as, on on like a little podcast with them because my like, expertise of making pods. But then we got into one day in the office. I remember it, it was like a December, um, early December. We There's this kebab place in Levenshoom that opens at 10 a.m. The and, bakery. Yeah, the Levenshoom Bakery. Yeah. And we were told that it could be, well, we were having a little chat amongst people in the office and I was just there to sort of like talk about the podcast. But we were like, oh, we should go down and make a video of it. Um, and because I was that kind of the person who's done stuff in front of the camera before, I just got naturally asked to go and front it with a guy called Tim. Um, and we went down, we did it. We ate a kebab at 10 a.m. It was chaos. <laughs> there was We were in Levin's room, so people were walking past us. It's, it's such a great video. It's still online now. Um, it's one of our highest rated videos we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> and it's just just because of the chaos around yeah. it. But yeah. also the the thread and what keeps it is the spine of it being amazing food. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of have a bit of chaos at the start. We eat an amazing kebab, more chaos. They bring out, they just wanted to keep bringing out stuff. So they bring out these halloumi dishes, <laughs> more chaos. Police turn up because like not for us, but for something's kicking off. And then we have some falafel. End of show, end of uh, end of video. We put it online. Put it on the Mank. We recorded a Mank podcast that day. We put it on, and we were just casually looking at the the views and the numbers. And pff, wow, I've never seen anything Through like it. Roof. It just went. It just took off. Now I was never used to seeing numbers like that because excess was always. You'd always get your hardcore numbers on mm, socials, yeah. but the Mank's a different different beast altogether. Yeah. And by huge. the end of the day, yeah, at the end of the day, it was absolutely mind-blowing people watched it and now i think it's just past the half a million mark on really? facebook alone yeah creeping into the 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 six hundred thousand, and people just re-watch it as well yeah. yeah we we had um anna oh yeah uh on the pod in a previous episode and we i was asking her about like what makes the mank so popular because yeah. it is just phenomenally popular and she said it was that kind of authentic bottom-up approach because it has such a strong identity with Manchester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think, was that something you'd align with? I mean, based on that story, it sounds like exactly that. I think the fact that I, like, and we've been doing it for a while now, Takeaway Champions, but it all started from that one. The thing that I was just a, a normal lad who likes food, and that's basically yeah. it. And I think the best food reviewers in the world uh, and the most attractive ones in the UK are those ones that just normal people like food. Like, yeah. what's he called? Rate my takeaway. Yeah. The geezer just goes outside takeaways yeah, with a little armchair. <laughs> and he's a normal lad, but was he from Bradford uh, or Leedsway? And he is so funny, but in his, in his, the essence of him is that he's just a normal lad yeah. who just loves food. Yeah, incredibly food critical. Yeah, and I don't know if someone from like, food. someone working in a high-end newspaper tried to do what we do, and it sounded a bit different to us. They just, it just no, necessarily no, no, wouldn't no, work. No, 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 no. Uh, so yeah, that, and I think that's what the Mank does really well as well. Like one of the most popular things are on the channel, which I could do 
every single day of the week is when we go onto Market Street and we just ask people funny questions. Yeah, I love those. Oh man, I could just stand on that street for days. Yeah. But at its heart, it's me, just a normal person, asking people, yeah. normal people, about stuff. It's real, isn't it? And, and the characters you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these people with hidden stories and these people with just funny takes on life yeah. and funny takes on things. It's all and accidental, isn't it? Like, it it's is. Just, that's just real people. It's real Be, people. Being people. Man, I've laughed so hard on that street. Yeah. Yeah, it's class. There's a genius to how simple all that is. Isn't yeah. It? I think, yeah and like, not to sound too business focused, but I think a lot of businesses overthink what they should create or what they should do. <laughs> of course. Because they're worried about right. like X, Y, or Z. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Actually, no, just get someone from the area to talk to other people from the area. Yeah. And yeah. away you go. And then it takes Dumb. off and there's 500,000 people yeah. watching. Well, hey, watch it, yeah, it's a man eats a kebab. Man, man, <laughs> man eats kebab. It's great. Right? And now they've opened one near me. But the guy I, the guy is a legend. <laughs> the, um, the Leverage Baker guy, he says to them, he says to me when I went in a couple of weeks ago, I don't go in all the time. <laughs> went, we yeah. still get people coming in to the shop because of that review. Really? And when I was in the shop, someone went, loved your review of this place, mate. Oh, that's, reason why we're that's, that's quite, that must be quite amazing. Yeah, yeah, well. I was like, oh, you know, they're yeah. a small business and yeah, you, what you're yeah, like, yeah. video. Has I, just I suppose set. it did have quite a big influence though on the, yeah. well, a big impact on the takeaways because I know you did one near me, Corner Slice of Pizza. Place. Yeah, what a, what a place Great that pizzas, is. but it's only small and they have a certain amount of pizzas yeah. they can make in a day. We broke them. For, for weeks, you couldn't order from there. Really? It was <laughs> impossible to get a pizza from there because yeah. they were just running out every single day. This pizza oh. shop has never sold so many pizzas. <laughs> Just, yeah, well, that's the kind of impact yeah. like yeah, these the little power videos of, the power have, of content when they're getting 500,000 yeah. views I remember the one place we did um, not long ago called House of Buns which is an incredible place in Radcliffe they had uh, they literally couldn't open because they went we've got nothing left <laughs> <laughs> so the meme of the uh, Ian, yeah, yeah, we've got nothing left yeah, but it's great because these are also behind all these people a normal people from the city yeah. who, who love food and make just food just local businesses aren't yeah and I think the most successful ones we've ever done in terms of takeaway champions and the food reviews are the ones where you get characters inside the shop yeah. that are just normal and they come from all different areas of not just Manchester but the world, you know, um, especially with the takeaway, uh, the Leverage Bakery guys, mm. you know, they've come here, they've, they've, they've worked their backside off um, and now they've got a shop of their own and they make mm. amazing food. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's grass, class. Um, let's move on from food because I'm not You're all really, hungry. It's really hungry. lunchtime, isn't it? Um, starving. Yeah, I... Googled you, yeah, just oh, here we just go. to see what came up. Um, just you, before you tell him, have a think what comes oh, up. Great, when you I don't know. Uh, oh, there's a director who's about eighty, but other yeah, than I'm going to knock him off his uh, top shot soon. You lost your engagement ring on a beach. Oh, I thought it was going to be the other thing. No, no, no. Do you know what the other thing I was going to say? I don't know. I'll tell you that soon. I did. Uh, I've, that was mad. I didn't expect I lost you it said, like, what things do you expect when you Google it? The lost my engagement ring on a beach. Awful family. day. Um, well, it wasn't. Obviously, she said, yeah, which was great. Um, <laughs> and then we were on this lovely beach near where she lives. The ring was a little bit too big because I got one of her rings on the side. Yeah. Right? And I went and like said, oh, this, this is the measurement. But that was what she wore on her index finger. And I can't see the, the thing. That was my mistake, wasn't it? So we're having a, a bit of a, a drink on a beach and all that, and we decided to go back because I've got the hotel booked and yeah. like the, like some spa stuff that was happening yeah, yeah. in there and all that. And then when we're packing away, the ring disappears. So she's kind of like oh. packing away. We've had a couple of glasses of Prosecco. It's sort of like flown off. 
and then it's in this weird square patch of sand. We know it's here. And the dog, we had a dog with us, so he was like, what's going on? So we were trying to keep him just calm. Because yeah. if he starts running about yeah, and loving yeah, yeah. it, then oh, he's just God. might fired a ring somewhere else. That's so chaotic. So, so it was, it was chaos. And it took us three hours um, to come up with an idea, which I was like, right, we need a metal detector. It's getting dark at this point. It was getting really, yeah, getting really dark. And I was like, I need a metal detector. One, I went to buy one for some woman on Facebook Marketplace. I ate this woman because she, I told her the story. She basically sold me a toy metal detector for 15 quid. Just tell me it doesn't work. Like, what are you doing? Oh, I hope it's all right. It wasn't it's fucking got Fisher all right. Price right. On the yeah. side. Awful. So then I was like, right, there might be a Facebook group full of people who love metal detectoring around here. Yeah. So I typed it in and there was, there was a sure metal enough. detector group for Hull, which is about 40 minutes away, like here from Macclesfield. So, which doesn't really help because Macclesfield's quite far away. Um, and this guy was like, right, I know this is the whole group. I'm about 20 minutes away. And fair play. It's called Mark. Absolutely salt the earth guy. What a legend. He came down. He opened the boot. His big metal detector was there. Not, not a child's metal detector. Not a child's metal detector. This one was glistening. <laughs> Honestly, it was unbelievable how big it was as well. He had about four different things on him. And as soon as he opened the boot... I went, I, we're finding we're it. We're finding it, yeah, yeah. Like, there's no... Like, we, yeah. Bang, he had this fucking, like... Can I swear? Yeah. Like, it's, he yeah, had this, like, fun. screwdriver with him as well. I went with a screwdriver. It was like a laser pen and a big, big glistening thing and a shaker. Found a bullet. Blobs that away. Never mind. Because it was part of, like, he, he always finds World War Two bullets. Yeah. Because that sort of beach was all big on wars and that. Big on wars, <laughs> In yeah. the World War. In the World War. <laughs> He buzzes his little laser into the ground. Ding, ding, ding. Found, found it. Because this laser reports back on what metal it is. So right, right. With infrared. So he's proper. How, how does that happen? Infrared. I can't. I can't. I, no, my brain Bang. won't. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Good job I wasn't, I wasn't lying about the metal, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> cheaper. Yes, it's a good It's part of it. Can't be that then, can it? Please, just check, just check. So then he gets this thing, shakes it up, and there it was. So how, long, how long was he metal detectoring? Two minutes. Joking. And how no. long had you been looking in total? Four hours. We sc- <laughs> I popped the question at three. We left that beach at half seven. <laughs> Awful day. I went that back. epic story. Is it? I mean, your, your speech at the wedding is going to write yeah, itself, yeah. basically. Well, on the wedding, we're going to have a little sand pit. And I'm going to hide stuff in there. <laughs> I'm going to use the same bloody toy that woman gave me and see if I'm going to find anything. That's oh, that's oh, he, he's getting an invite to the wedding, Mark. I was going to say, I was going to ask imagine. if he's getting an invite. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's earned it, really. Shout yeah. out to Mark. One but yeah, that was good. Apart from the fact that I went on I went on BBC News and Beck wasn't I was going to say the story took off, didn't it? How did the story end up? It could have took off more, but I had to kill it because Beck was like, because no, because I've done a story before which is taken off, so I know the ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I once went on holiday with oh, people. I remember this. Yeah, yeah. Who needed someone who's to have the same name as me? So the their mate Joe McGrath dropped out of a holiday, and I said, "Well, I'll no." They messaged loads of people on Facebook with the name Joe McGrath, <laughs> and said, "Can you can you step in for our mate?" I said, "Yeah, of course I can." No one else replied. I I replied. And then I went to, long story short, I went to Bristol to meet these guys I've never met before for a 30th birthday of someone I've never known. We went to Magaluf for four days. I tweeted about it and I went on Good Morning Britain. That's the short story. <laughs> Google it for another long one. Um, so I know I know the yeah, viral yeah, yeah. ride. I thought we're in it. As soon as it started taking off, I was like, so Becky, Becky, this is going to go a bit wild. Becky was like, nah, we need to kill it. because I think because a lot of her images are everywhere yeah, and I'm yeah. quite, I don't care what people say about me. 
Becky you're in that like, world though, aren't you? I'm in that world. Becky's not too much in that world. So we called it a, we called it a day on that. But he went over to America. Yes, yeah, he called Stephen Gobbler, Gob- Golbert. He does like the late late oh, show. Oh, Colbert. Yeah, yeah. He mentioned us. Bloody yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got everywhere, yeah. didn't it? Then? It did get it. Could have taken off, but we had to. We we can't. But that. for a good thing, I think that's yeah. No, it's probably it is. If Becky didn't want it, she's half the story. Yes. Um, no. Yeah. So we have to no. have we have to do it together. Uh, unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap things Loved up. It. I did want to ask you uh, about a broadcast in the world, but that's another podcast. I watched it; it was amazing. I just leave, like it. I'll leave Thank a link you. in the. Uh, I'll leave a link in the description. I found it really, really like profound, especially after the last couple of years. Um, and I wrote it before. How weird is that? Foresight, it's about a guy who's doing a radio station by himself in a little uh, cupboard. It's really uh, good. And I wrote it before, and then the coronavirus happened, so I'm going to write a guy who gets really rich called Joe McGrath. <laughs> fingers crossed in two years' time. Manifest it. <laughs> before we let you go, uh, we have to do a quick fire round, which we do with every guest. Uh, ten questions. Some, I've learned, are more profound than others. Uh, yeah. And the order in which we have to ask them now I is now like the that. same, but right, now okay. it's, it's, it's just is what it is. Wow. Question one, what's your favourite chocolate bar? Uh, I'm going to go with Double Decker. Double Decker. I think I might be two mentions of Double Decker. Double Decker um, your biggest inspiration? Um, I'd say me Granny Una. Shout out Granny Big Una. inspiration. What's your best habit? Best habit? Um, <laughs> nah, I can't say that. Eating wings. Uh, yeah, eating chicken wings. Eating chicken. And just, yeah, my best habit is just the fact that I think that I just want to work a lot. Yeah. So I can't sit still, which in the day just helps me. Whereas if I just love sitting still, I'd probably not do much. Yeah. What's your worst habit? Uh, not sitting still. Eating too much. Eating That's the worst habit. Solid chicken wings. What would you change about yourself? Uh, uh, you the size of my belly. <laughs> <laughs> Describe your life so far in three words. Uh, very, very weird. <laughs> uh, what's something new that's happening? in your life right New now that's happening oh I've launched a podcast called the Sloppy Joe's podcast we've got um, we've started a couple of weeks back I'm absolutely loving it so we've got a guy called Joe Smith we recorded in this basement uh, right down it's yeah. great fun it's like comedy food podcast bit of music chucked in we love it fab we'll leave a link in that yeah do so Sloppy in Joe's the, in the uh, in the in the bio um, what was your best subject at school drama Love drama, mate. Yeah. I do drama again like that. There's an adult version. I suppose there is an adult version of drama, isn't there? It's called acting. Yeah. It's called acting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do acting. What does success look like to you? Um, a bigger garden. <laughs> a bigger garden. <laughs> yeah. Like Give that. me a bigger garden and I'll be successful. But a small one at the minute. And what are some favourite books you love? Or Captain Underpants. Yeah. Peter Kay's autobiography. And... <laughs> A series of unfortunate events. That was good when I was little. Fantastic. Jo- Joe McGrath, you're a legend. Thank, Thank you, you very much, everyone. Welcome back. Thanks once again to Mr. McGrath, uh, Joe McGrath, for joining us on Nevermind the Keywords. He's a lot of energy, isn't he? Yeah, b- bundle of fun. What a dude. Uh, he, he's just loud. Uh, but you would be if your job was talking for a living. Yeah, he, there is nothing he doesn't do. Um, you think, Honestly, what did you say? I've, what did I've you said say to this me? To a couple of people, uh, Joe McGrath gets where water can't. Yeah, and um, that's every very time true. I open my phone, I see his face. Yeah, um, I know we operate in the same kind of spheres, so that p- probably contributes to it. But and he's your wallpaper, so every time you open your phone, that's in, a very yeah, good that's point. Yeah, um, um, no, but just yeah, he's such a. Um, I think to get serious for a second, he's a really good example of what graft can like yeah, get you in life absolutely. and just being super humble and just being like completely being self-aware of like, yeah, I'm the T boy, but when I do the T boy stuff, 
I'm going to be the absolute best at it and become, and it's such a lesson to people who are worried about getting into certain industries who don't have connections or don't have, frankly, the money or resources to like get into radio or TV, Mm getting in at the, the, getting your foot in the door and doing the, the jobs that no one wants to do. It's like, think as well in, in that radio industry, there's however many stations and those stations probably have on rotation less than 10 presenters over the course of the week. Yeah. To be one of them tends to hard. Yeah. Um, you're not just going to get there because you sound good on the radio. Yeah. You've got to support that grafting. Unless unless you're like a big name. Yeah, you yeah. You probably get a little bit more leeway for the graft. Yeah. But like, if you're coming from the bottom as mm. T-Boy, you've, the graft just has yeah. to be there. It's got to it, be your number one thing. It's it? baked into you, isn't it? Yeah, I think. And, and you'll take the attitude behind that into the whatever role you can do. And the sky's the limit, really. If you've got yeah. that done, if you've got the kind of attitude behind it, the rest of it will, the role almost, you can almost do any role yeah, because you've, you've you got the same. You fall into what you want same, to end up yeah. doing, I suppose. And, and Joe's a good example of um, using all the modern tech and all the modern yeah. resources and platforms and stuff to your advantage. Yeah. Just putting things out there, putting yeah. so much content out there. If you make good content, people want to make content with you. Yeah, and not, and he's, a, again, another good example of not overthinking it yeah, and doing it absolutely. authentically and doing it in the way that only he could. Yeah. And it's a, you know, I think for businesses and people who want to expand their brand it's about doing only what you can do yeah, don't yeah. try and copy what joe does don't try and yeah. copy what x or y does you know it's doing it in the most authentic way and he's a really really great example yeah i know we've that. spoken about making content that we'd want to see yeah. first and foremost yeah. and i think he's the walking that, embodiment that's exactly what yeah. he's doing he's, he's the walking embodiment. he's making content about <laughs> chicken wings chicken. and football <laughs> and it's every, and but it's, and but that's it's what he wants. yeah and it's that's every, what he wants to yeah see. and we didn't uh, i'm annoyed we didn't get to touch on uh the film he made but yeah um it, is it really is what, giving it a really amazing we'll leave, it yeah we'll leave a link to it uh for you guys to listen to go, for you guys to go and watch it sorry it's um it's quite profound and you have to remember he wrote it before covid which will make it even weirder when you when yeah, you go and I'm watch gonna it be asking him for this week's lottery numbers yeah, yeah 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 no definitely count me in on that well we hope you enjoyed uh that episode of never mind the keywords and joe's interview and our chat about the news um if you liked it uh be sure to give it a five star review and rate it on itunes as such or wherever you get your pods uh thanks so much for listening to another great episode of never mind the keywords we will see you again very soon <laughs>